New York City, one of the most populated, progressive, expensive, and dynamic cities in the world, and for sure not an easy place to run a classical Christian school. But that is exactly what our guest today, Rem Hinckley, has been doing for more than two decades right there in the Big Apple. Her journey is an encouragement to all of us, no matter where we are. Stay tuned for this episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it Ancient Future Education for Raising the Next Generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Davies Owens here uh, live. Actually, we're at an SCL board meeting in Lexington, Kentucky with Rem Hinckley. Good morning, Rem. How are you? Good morning, Davis. Great. Thank yeah. you. It's good. To, uh, you and I have seen each other at various conferences <laughs> for years, and I'm like, Rem, I want to have you on Basecamp Live. And, and so I'm like, well, I'm going to see you at this board meeting. We are going to get together, and we're here we are. In a, in a hotel lobby um, with some music playing in the background. So we've got, you know, we're live on the set, so to speak, this morning. But uh, it's good to have you here. So you are at, you. at the Geneva School of Manhattan. Yes. And there is, if you're around classical Christian schools for any time, the name, uh, your name comes up and the fact that Geneva School comes up because this is a really unique um, school in the heart of the Big Apple. Yes, we are. I think not just for New York City, but I think we're a city for the world. And I do feel like sometimes our school is not just for students in living in New York City, but we do have families coming from all over the place, moving yeah. into New York City from the world and become part of our community. You know, if, if there's, I mean, I think we all, anybody knows of New York, but and we know it's a big place. I had fun looking up some statistics, so you can tell me if this is true. Okay. So I, I read that if you took the state of Texas... Um, and if it was packed as densely as New York City, the entire human race could fit in Texas. It's that dense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, you know, I live in an apartment building. There are probably 160 apartments, which is like 160 homes of very different sizes in one building. That is wow. probably a lot of, you know, 100,000 square foot of space. Oh, um, my goodness. It's crazy. And so do you have like a, a 30 foot classrooms with 50 kids? I mean, do you know, you know, it's not, <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can pack them in, in New York because everybody's used to being packed together. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I read this. So a child is born every 4.4 minutes. Um, so there's plenty of kids around and more importantly or interesting, there's 600,000 dogs in New York city, which is another interesting fact. Yes. But you know, we teach <laughs> we teach children. children <laughs> there right. are some dogs that are walking by our school would like I'm, to come in, but we said, you know, we love them, but they need can't to keep going. <laughs> yeah, you and I talked about the number of dog walkers. That's a whole other business. I mean, just oh, yes. people with 20 dogs. I mean, this, it just, if you've not been to the Big Apple, it's worth the trip. It's an amazing place. Um, there are 8.6 million people, is a number I read, most populated mm -hmm. city in the United States. Yes, yes, it is. And, um, and, and that's a lot, yeah. And just to add on to that, I mean, there are over 900-some private schools, not just public schools. Yeah. These are private schools, K through 8, K through 12, in New York City, and which I want, is on something unheard of. It's unheard, unheard of. of. Yeah. So, And these are not just... This, again, I think gives the sense of the scope, the magnitude. Um, one more little kind of useless trivia that I thought was interesting. There's 15,152 life forms detected in the 472 subways 
uh, by Cornell Medical College. So I don't know what you do, 15,000 life forms, just wash your hands of you on the subways, I guess, is the, <laughs> is the encouragement there. <laughs> or you have a great immune system. Immune systems are good. <clears throat> yes. But let's talk about schools because, again, with all of that volume and all that intensity and that density, there is, uh, there's a lot of everything. I actually have an aunt and uncle that live there, and my aunt talks about how she needs to pick up the phone, and she can literally order any food from any, you want Ethiopian Italian, whatever it can be delivered. I mean, it's an amazing place to be. Yes. So when it comes to schools, if you're if you're fortunate enough to live there in the city, and I think it's a huge opportunity for for families um, who can be there, school choices are everywhere, and some of the finest schools uh, mm-hmm. in the nation are there. Talk yes. about kind of your competition. Who are yes. You, who's there? Gosh, our competition is just all around us. Um, you know, there are some great public schools, which I know parents are really excited about for many years. Uh, so that's one option because there are neighborhood schools. There are so many schools just, mm. you know, blocks away from yeah. parents and convenience is great. And then, but our competition is not even just public schools. They're independent schools. So we, there's a distinction between private and independent in New York City. Independent means they're completely segregated from, there's nothing. There is no mm. religion. There's no faith component. It's just completely independent. You just pay a lot of money to go. So, yeah, let's so. talk. Okay, so there's schools. <laughs> yeah, again, this is going to blow minds of a lot of people. So, yes. okay, it's like, the, so I looked to the Trinity School. You're, yes. You've got... Your My son graduated from okay. there after Geneva School. Because Geneva, just to, and we'll get into the details, Geneva, it's is pre or you got a preschool through eighth. Yes, and you guys are working on high school. It's coming. Yes. Okay, we'll yes. get to that. Yes, but the Trinity School is about a thousand students. Um, I read a six to one student to teacher ratio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's top tier. Yes, and it comes at what's the price tag over there at Trinity? Fifty three thousand dollars a year. Oh wow! And that's just you just go to school. You don't okay, sleep. It doesn't include anything. It just you get lunch. Yeah. Um, textbooks are separate. Oh you sure. You have to pay, pay additional money for textbooks. Yeah. And actually, even yeah. from when my son went, which he graduated two years ago, he's sophomore in college. But we had to pay separate for lunch as well, and that's mandatory. So uh. you have to pay additional like eighteen hundred dollars <laughs> on top of right. what you pay for tuition. So it's um, but that's not exception it's it's the mm-hmm. norm of independent schools in new york city the horace mann <laughs> school 1600 oh, yes. that's is that the oldest prep school or there's another one that may have uh, that claim i think collegiate all boys school okay. is one of the oldest yeah uh, and trinity is right there with it yeah there those are two one of the oldest schools and then you've got windsor and um, uh <laughs> yeah this sounds quite elitist at windsor i don't know just i'm just guessing <laughs> My favorite was I came across Dalton, and yes. this was on their website. Dalton's uh, tagline is definitely not the right fit for everyone. I'm like, who puts that on the front of their website? <laughs> because they can. Yeah. There's such a demand, and it yeah. is um, probably one of the most progressive schools mm. in New York City, but people will pay yeah. top dollars, and if they could get their child in, they'll probably pay more than $50,000. Because their child is definitely the right fit for this. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, it's intense, and I think yes. that's the, so... Back us up, you and you, you were talking earlier, you moved to this New York City in 89. And, yes. And then kind of, because you're the founder of the Geneva School and you are, I mean, part of the, you were there at the beginning and you've been there all along. So. Uh, yes. And if somebody told me I was going to start a Christian school in New York City, I would have said, probably you're out of your mind. Yeah. Um, actually, my interest was not in Christian education. I really had a passion for working with students, teaching mathematics to love mathematics. Mm. Um, 
But God had a whole different plan for my life and, <laughs> and what's ahead. And the two things that really stuck with me is I really want to continue to teach children to love learning and to love mathematics as well, because that was something in the 80s when I was teaching. There was a whole new math concepts. Everything was new. Every, you know, there's nothing new in the education, but everybody said it's new things. Yeah. So that was one thing. And then the Christian education really... Um, didn't seem to be vibrant mm -hmm. in schools. Uh, so that was something that I really wanted to see. How do we do that? How do we do that well when I saw some schools that were very mediocre yeah. in Christian teaching, Christ-centered uh, education, and the environment that they should be in. So, um, but, you know, I God called me to be in a secular school setting from very elite um, suburban school in Boston area, uh, as well as inner city school in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and uh, independent school in New York City as United Nations International School. So, so you really had a sense of again, you you walked into a very challenging environment in general and a very competitive market, and you said we're going to start a classical Christian school. So I w we're going to yeah. get as we talk about this. So we're, there's some, ch I mean. Everything seems exaggerated in the intensity. I mean, from the number of dogs to the you know number of the cost of things. And I, I think is I want to unpack a bit some of the distinct challenges that you faced in starting the school and running a school in that environment. And then we're going to turn and talk about some of the fruit and the benefits because I think no matter wherever we're listening from, whatever our own you know uh, suburban urban, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of universals I think in terms of how we've things we've challenged or challenged by and solutions we find. So. How did a classical Christian, how did that model become a possibility for you? What was the discovery you made there? <laughs> I think the discovery is, you know, <clears throat> a friend of mine, we were both very involved with Bible Study Fellowship International. Yeah. So that was our connector between two of us and um, and our, our faith, our belief in Jesus Christ. Obviously, mm -hmm. that's the firm foundation. Um so the, that was a main thing. But then we were looking to see, there was group of, there were a group of people who wanted to start a Christian school in New York City. But the whole model didn't seem to work. They wanted to have a million-dollar budget, big building, everything big and mm -hmm. grandos. And we thought, I don't know how that's going to work in New York City. Mm -hmm. So um, that whole plan, as they've been talking about it for a few months, just kind of fell apart. So Myrna and I said, let's just do something um, small if we can, but how do we do that well? Yeah. So um, somebody gave me an article from Table Table Talk mm -hmm. from that was Chuck, R. Uh, R. C. Sproul. Wasn't R. C. Sproul, or I can't yeah, remember. Ligonier did Table Talk. Yes. I remember. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Florida, mm -hmm. I think it came out yep. of there, and I read about a Geneva School in Orlando. Okay. And this little teeny piece of paper article about classical education, and I thought, hmm, looks interesting, sounds interesting. Because two things that we were focusing on is we want the excellence in education with Christ-centered environment. Yeah. And what does that mean? I mean, I saw education that being not the best it could be, except in some of the public schools that I mm. was at in private school. So, and um, actually the book that I read, Recovering the Law Schools of Learning, really got me excited. Mm. I agreed 90% of it. There are some <laughs> things I didn't agree with, mm -hmm. but most of You don't of want to recover all the tools. Just <laughs> leave a few of them alone. Just a few of them alone, yeah. and that was great. That worked. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but it really got me excited. Yeah. And so when I visited Geneva School in Orlando, spent a few days down there okay. with, um, with the founders, Detweilers yeah. and others that were down there, right. really got me excited. And I said, this is what we need to do in New York City. So that was spring of 1995. Okay. Came back and I said, we're going to do this. We're going to plan it. And in one year, we're going to open school. And people looked at us like, are you out of your mind? Um, but we said, you know, I think this is what God wants us to do. So we just start praying. Mm -hmm. For me, it's it, without, I, you know, when yeah. I encourage people to start school, it's like, you need to really pray and ask for wisdom. And if God wants it, it's going to happen. Yeah. And don't put yourself, don't limit to anything. Um, and that's how we got going. So I can only imagine the challenges. I mean, obviously, where do you find space in New York City? I mean, that's <laughs> yes. not more than 25 square feet. Like, how do you, are you in the same building you were in when you started? Oh, no, no, okay. no, no. This is our seventh home. Okay. <laughs> I kind of wondered that. Yeah. In 23, this is our 24th year. We've moved around a lot. I always describe ourselves as Israelites. Yep. Uh, they didn't, we didn't wander for 40 years, praise God, but um, 20 some odd years with seventh home uh, oh, wow. with many multiple locations multiple school buildings uh, that are church basements basically okay. uh, and so we started in this small church basement uh, my partner in crime Myrna Anderson her, she belonged to a small church Trinity Baptist Church and they had a basement that accommodated uh, you know maybe cause like two basically two classrooms mm -hmm. with big open space and he said I think we could start here <laughs> Great, let's do it. Humble so, beginnings. I <laughs> love this. Absolutely. Wow. Um, and so today, where are you? Are you in a what's what's that building like? So today, two years ago, God just in amazing way blessed us mm. with a building. That is our own space. We're still tenant, which we're, yeah. it's great, um, but it's an entire school building that is envied by a school like Trinity, who's across the street from us. Wow. On 91st Street, we're on 90th Street. And uh, it's a Catholic school that closed uh, a year before we took over the space. Again, God just blessed us in so many ways. There's a whole nother yeah. story about that connection. But Archdiocese and even yeah. Cardinal Dolan, who is aware of our school in New York City, said, we're going to find a space for you. Yeah. And when it happens, it's going to be gonna yours. And it, and it happened. And that's, and it, again, and we'll talk, I want to capture right here before we take a break, just some of the, again, some of the challenges that you, you have faced, are facing, and then we'll talk about just some of the fruit that we're seeing from the school. But what else? I mean, obviously, just the cost of educating. We talked about the 50 plus thousand dollar schools yes. down the street. I'm sure you guys are the cheap school in town. So affordable, <laughs> yes. maybe that's the right word. Affordable. Affordable. What is it? What is the, what's, what's the tuition look like? Is Our that, tuition this year is 26,700, which people, I mean, it's still a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Uh, still a lot of money, yeah. but uh, it's half the cost of other independent schools. But we are also committed. Mm -hmm. We don't want this school to be only available for those who can afford. Yeah. Uh, as our mission of school, when we started the school, we want to help keep the families in New York City. Yeah. I think in order to change the culture, change the city, we need families yeah. to stay in. And so we wanted to make sure it's affordable for those families. And we're also committed to giving a lot of financial aid, yeah. which we do. Uh, in our $6 million budget, we give away over a million and a half every year in financial aid. Uh, more than half of our families do That's receive wonderful. some type of assistance. Another component is we also want pastors, mm -hmm. ministry leaders that are moving to New York City to be able to send their children to our school. Yeah. So around 20% of our families yep. um, are engaged in some type of ministry in New York City. Well, that is fantastic. What a 
what an encouragement. And, and, you know, again, there's such a, there's a strong, vibrant Christian population there in the city. And we could talk all Absolutely. about that. But yes. let's talk about, so what are some of the other challenges that, oh, that you <clears throat> had to work through just by thinking about others, um, both from, if a parent is listening, like, what would it be like to try to raise a child in New York? I mean, what are some of the distinct challenges that you guys face? Obviously, there's thousands of competing worldviews and opportunities and distractions and everything. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Challenges. It's constant. Um, You know, having children in New York City is not an easy thing, but I also think it's... But then when you look on the other side, it's very simple. Mm -hmm. Um, You could walk your child to school if you want to, or you could take a subway. You could take buses. You could take all kinds of public transportation to Mm -hmm. get get your child to a school. Uh, We have families that are bringing children from New Jersey across the bridge because we're the only classical Christian school Mm. in New York City in the area. Mm. Uh, um, So people are committed. They want their child to be in a setting where Christ is center Mm -hmm. of it all. And education is at its best. Yeah. Uh, and I think so that people are making sacrifices to make it happen. Yeah. Parents are take, riding subways over an hour subway ride to bring their child to Geneva School as young as four or five years old. So people think that seems crazy. But then when they come to our school, they're like, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. We want to do this. Well, that's so, encur- it's encouraging. And I mean, I, I, and I'm, I'm thinking as you're talking, is it? More difficult, it would be difficult for all the logi- the practical reasons of infrastructure and cost and all that. And I think, I don't know, maybe because of the, the hyper level of diversity there within the city, you guys are just one more, quote, strange option. You know, there's the Ethiopian <laughs> school and there's that weird classical Christian school. Right. So everybody just kind of, it just dumps in the pot and gets stirred in as opposed to maybe some of the more suburban schools. There's, you know, the, the classical Christian school really sticks out compared to the, the standard public school or the generic Christian school. So I just, mm-hmm. it's an interesting environment that you're in for sure. Why don't we take a break? I want to come back and just talk about some of the fruit because really the, the heart of this um, conversation to me, hopefully the takeaway is that if this education, classical Christian is robust enough to work with all of the challenges in the city of New York, it works anywhere. Absolutely. And it's transformative in the lives of young people in a profound way. So let's come back after the break and we'll talk about some of those amazing life changes that you've seen. Okay, thank you. I'm a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College and I'm a commercial property manager. I am a programmer. I'm a real estate broker. Actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in the Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. For more information, visit us online at nsa.edu. Welcome back here chatting with Rem Hinckley about the amazing work she's doing at the Geneva School of Manhattan. Um, I often hear, Rem, um, families talk about the fear maybe of a classical Christian school is that their kids aren't going to be, quote, ready for the real world. And, you know, this decision to put them in Mayberry School, as I like to call it, is great for that little pre-K or the cute little kid dressed up as a pilgrim (laughs) or a medieval thing. But now it's time when you hit, you know, upper, upper elementary <clears throat> middle school, and you guys are looking at high school. We'll talk about that. But is this a real-world education? I mean, I don't know of any more real world than New York City. So talk about some of the stories of just 
children coming through and where they're going and are they are they are they are they okay in the real world? <laughs> I think they're better than okay in the real world, and and for us, we have some great examples because we're a school uh, only going up to eighth grade for the last twenty some odd years, twenty three years, and we are in a plan to add high school starting in twenty twenty one. But for right now, we're still graduating students from eighth grade and thinking, where do they go? Well, there are hundreds of options of our students going into high school. So when they go to different high schools, our students, our students stand out, and mm-hmm. they think, well, they're going from a class of twelve students, eighteen mm-hmm. students, to a school of fifty to hundred students. And I'm sure they're going to have social challenges. Here, some parents, how will they adapt into this bigger environment? So are absolutely, they, are they all in therapy? Or are they okay? Are they <laughs> <laughs> I think they are the therapists. They're the <laughs> I to other that. students, and you know, and some of the schools in public schools, there are eight hundred students in fr- uh, a freshman class. So these mm. are elite schools like Stivers and Bronx Science. So our students get into these schools um, and the schools look out for us. Our students, because they say your students are different, they're smart, but they're also nice, polite, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) which is a nice thing to hear in our culture today. And they are looking for Geneva graduates from Mm. eighth grade going into their high schools. Unfortunately, probably they won't have too many of those coming up. But for right now, we're excited to send our students and then when they go to these high schools they stand out they are leaders in the classroom they set examples some of our students who are coming from all different um family life is is solid and steady but they might not have the wealth as some of these independent schools right but our students are more confident in who they are because their confidence is not in in who they are as Mm -hmm. their achievements, but they're in Christ. And that's what we really want our students to understand and focus on that. So then they go on and they do an amazing job in high schools and they get placed into top universities or whatever is best for them. And then one of our stories, we have a student who just um, came back to New York City after graduating from uh, elite school in New York City, went to colleges, and then lived in, and worked in the world. And then he came back to New York City. He's like, I want to come back and serve in my community that I grew up in, Upper East Side. And he's a young life leader. He came to Geneva School in, as a kindergartner from a single parent. Mm. And um, it, was, it worked for them. And he is so excited. He's just a great leader for that community and serving the population yeah. of teenagers. Yeah, which is encouraging. And, and, yes. I, and I think, you know, the, so talk about, <laughs> you know, one of the great advantages of being in New York is um, there's no lack of really amazing field trips. I mean, oh, yes. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> well, where do you want to go today, kids? Well, let's go down to the UN or we could go over to the, you know, these museums. So yes. well, how are your kids received when they walk out of the building in oh. New York? It's it's amazing. I mean, we were excited because when you read history books about, you know, the ancient Egypt and all the arts and stuff, and we yeah. could actually, after we read and study it, we could actually go and see it. <laughs> uh, with the trips that we do every yeah. year is to the Met. Our second graders or third graders will go there, and they meet with a tourist docent that give tour guides. And it's so encouraging because, you know, you always hope that as head of the school, you prepare your children to know how to conduct themselves beyond classrooms. When they go to these museum trips, they come back and the teachers and the parents who are tour uh, uh, chaperones, they said, you know, 
the docents always tell us how well they're behaving, not just mm. because they're just being polite, but they're engaged in a conversation. They ask great questions, and they tell us, please, when you return next year, make sure that you ask for me because I love being engaged mm. with Geneva students. And so we hear this time and time again, and we're just excited that, mm-hmm. um, that there's so much resources in New York City, but also when our students do go out, they're setting examples of what it means to be what it, uh, Geneva students. Yeah which is important for us. So really, the, I mean, to put it in business terms, the product sells itself. I mean, people... Yes, think, people do. I don't do. know what you people are doing, <laughs> but we need more of that in the city. So. And actually, people find us, families find us, mm. and come to our school. Unfortunately, we are a covenantal school, mm-hmm. so it's not for every family in New York City, and that's not possible sure. anyway. So. Sure. So, so high school, um, yes. t- talk about why, why has it taken until now and what is the, why do you feel like that's an important, I can guess the answer to this, but why, why do we need high school if there's so many great choices? And, um, and I know, and by the way, I mean, I, my school in Atlanta was a, a K-8 and we were in a somewhat similar situation with 80 private schools around and lots of good options. It's really hard to start a high school, um, mm-hmm. but what, a, I mean, to finish that whole rhetoric stage and complete the whole process would be fantastic so yeah well yeah and we're still in the process uh it's not a completely done mm-hmm. deal yet uh we're praying that this is where god wants yeah. us to take you know this is a next step that if this is where he wants us to go he wants us to do it i think after all these years i thought high school why do we need high school i felt the same way but yeah. i think at this point in the stage with our culture yeah. Uh, what's being taught and not taught in schools in these even the the best of best private schools in New York City it's so skewed our children are not allowed to think outside the box yeah. and I want our students we have to continue to do that I, our students come back and said I wish I had uh, Mr. Gunkel in my high school history class I wish I had so-and-so teacher teaching my math class and um they see the difference yeah and so so we are just seeking god to guide us and direct us and taking that next step you know we people have often said that california is and without sort of its progressiveness in all ways is you know that it's the 10 year ahead here's what's coming for the rest of the world new york and california probably paired up pretty equally in terms of progressive thought and activity so when you look at the last two decades in new york and you look at these private schools what I'm hearing you say is that things are continuing to change, that handing off our eighth graders into a ninth grade, even though they're going to do well academically, it's becoming so toxic or challenging or whatever word. Talk about what you've seen as the changes in these high schools that are causing you to realize we need to, Geneva needs to have a high school just because it's getting that challenging now. I think one of the biggest thing we see, um, and this is nothing new, but it's coming down to even high schools. I think the challenge is that if a student come to a classroom with the different thoughts and ideas, they're not accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, so teachers have agenda. I, I really do think, you know, whatever that case might be, if you have a come with a view of pro-life mm-hmm. and you present a case about that, what about this? They think that you are, you have two heads <laughs> and you <laughs> yeah. don't have an opportunity to really have a discussion and debate about it. If you think that you're not, you don't believe in Big Bang Theory and say, here's why, here's some arguments and disagreements about that. They would think that 
are you out of your mind? Yeah. And it's not from some podong small schools that really don't have any other ideas about it, but it's the best of the best and elite schools that you would hope that you would allow students to engage mm. in a conversation and discussion and a dialogue. And that's what we want our students to be able to do. And I think classical education allows students to yeah. think outside the box, not this just is, within. Yeah, this is, I, and I think most of us in classical Christian schools see this, but this is the, the to me, it's the ultimate irony is that um, when parents con- are concerned about being in the real world, and, and I think what they kind of are clamoring for is they don't want their kid to be um, in a constrained environment where there's sort of only one way of thinking. They want their kids to be able to, to work across ideas. Yes. And so they clamor for these more traditional progressive schools because they think they're going to get this wonderful, rich life is filled with tapestries and diversity and we've got to navigate through that. I mean, that makes sense. And yet what you're saying is that when you finally get into these schools, there is in fact no polarity of thinking. It's very much, it's a, there is one way to see the world and it's our our way and it's 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 my way or no way (laughs) and that and it's a very so it's like if you want a liberal education that's broad-minded and real world stay in a classical christian school because we're going to take on any topic and we're not going to be fearful of it so it's a very counterintuitive to the way i think a lot of people um think of when they want real world education yes and and that's it's happening with our schools in younger grades you know Mm -hmm. uh and these discussions are taking place right now. I mean, when you look at God's word in Genesis, everything is in there. Nothing is new under the sun. Right. (laughs) And so, um, you know, we want our students to be engaged in these discussions uh, and not to limit to what a teacher in their own view might be. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening in education from the best of best schools. I completely, it is. And it's, again, I think that's the, repeating myself, but I mean, here we, so many parents are paying $53,000 to have their kids ready for something. And they're really being indoctrinated into a very narrow way of seeing the world. So absolutely, I love, I love what you're doing. I think this is yeah. great. Um, just in the last few minutes, what about other, other stories, other um, talk about just some of the impact that you're seeing over these years from graduates and teachers and even families. I mean, I'm sure there's families that put their kid in and all of a sudden the child became a conduit to change the family. Absolutely. I mean, I think the children that are coming to our school are the ones, the parents, they're, they're coming to school to just to love learning and to have fun learning. And they see the difference. Uh, children who are in another school setting, having really a difficult time academically or socially, and they come to Geneva School and they just t- suddenly blossom mm. because we provide a structure and a routine and really engage in a lot learning that's not taking place. You know, and I think classical education, we allow students to develop and grow within certain boundary structure. And, um, and give them amazing books that the kids get excited about reading. Mm. Uh, and so when you see those things taking place and kids are excited, you know, our third graders are reading Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And this one little boy says, like, Mrs. Hinckley, I can't wait to read that book. And I said, great, I'm so excited for you to be excited to read that next book uh, in a sequences of a great literature. And he's like, you know, and am I, at my home, I have a whole set of all the other books that go along with it. He's like, so when I start reading that, I'm going to read the other ones as well. And this is a third grade boy who was so excited about reading other books that are tied to from C.S. Lewis. Love it. 
and be excited and wanting to share that with me. Uh, and so we hear these kind of stories. Children are excited to come to school. And I hear this story from parents. You know, my child did, was not very excited about going to school. When they came to Geneva School, a few months into it, they settle in and they're eager and excited. They don't mm-hmm. want to miss a school. Uh, and when I hear those stories, I'm like, you know what? We're doing something that's that's good. It is good. <laughs> something that's right. And it's um, inspiring to the parents. But and so often that's, I mean, we know this every day. It wasn't the education we had maybe for most teachers. And you see the transformative impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we see that. And, and the kids, and they're happy and excited. And in New York City, all the buildings are tall. Uh, our building is four stories high. And so, and they have to walk up to all those stairs. We have no elevators in our building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but kids are eager. They're running up those stairs to mm. go to their class, whether it's, you know, two stories, three stories, whatever the case might be. And they're happy to go to their classrooms and be engaged in learning. And uh, and so it's possible. Yeah, Ram, It could be anywhere. <laughs> well, so it, maybe just encourage, if you thinking of a parent, um, maybe they're in a smaller classical Christian school that's still getting it started. They're still with the two rooms at the beginning stages, or maybe they're a little further along. What words of encouragement do you have for that the parent or maybe the teacher that's trying to make this happen in a less than ideal environment? Yes, we have been in many less than ideal environment. And uh, until just recently, we every day, sometimes teachers had to pack up their cl- entire classroom into a five by three cabinets. The mm. churches that we're renting from, they didn't even know our school existed in the space. But I have to give a kudos to our teachers. They created an amazing setting for our students. So teachers, if you're doing something like that, be encouraged because it's you who's setting an environment for children to learn. And if you're excited about what you're teaching, they're going to learn no matter what kind of place you're in. Church basement with no, no windows at all. And that's where we were for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. But it, children yeah. didn't miss a beat. And so parents, don't be discouraged with what you see. It's what's happening in the classroom. We were in a room. There was a giant room that was 10,000 square foot of space with no walls anywhere. (laughs) We had movable walls and there are eight classroom structure. And people looked at us like, how can this be possible? Because teaching were taking place. And the parents see walking into this setting a movable wall setting and they when they saw students completely focus and engage in what's happening in the classroom they're like wow yeah. i want my child to come to this school so everything anything is possible well i think it's just a good reminder we you know we're westerners we're materialist we like curb appeal and i know a lot of schools and a lot of parents judge a school we all do you know in a sense by the physical space and by the amenities and by the opportunities and i'm thinking here's a school no windows, movable walls, and a very competitive place where these $53,000 schools have, I don't even, we could, oh, I, I can't even everything. imagine. Right. I'm sure they have windows. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> definitely a lot of curb appeal, but it's kind of hollow in the middle. And I think what a, what a, what a transform, just to remind, look, this is what it's really about. It's not yes. the stuff around you so much as it's this, it's this amazing teacher with this excellent curriculum who loves your child and mm-hmm. look at the fruit. I mean, that's where it's, what it's all Absolutely. about. Well, I can't, we'll have to have you back on okay. in another, <laughs> we'll catch back up and hear about the high school. And I mean, it's, it, it, the challenges are getting more distinct and I think you guys are literally a light on a hill over there and Thank big you. city. So Thank if people so are in New York, me. can they come by and visit if they're? Absolutely. Okay. We have visitors coming from all over, from overseas. We have people coming from Australia. We're excited about starting a classical school. Mm-hmm. We have people from Asia, China, 
uh, Africa. So wow. yeah, great. Well, we'll we, we're in the city. So if you want to come, please come and visit us. And uh, find you online. What's your website? Uh, GenevaSchool.net. Okay. Oh, Geneva School. I, I think it's GenevaSchool.net. Just Google it. I'm sure <laughs> <Yes>. it's there. <laughs> Look for Classical Christian School in Manhattan. Yeah, We're the you can't only miss one. it. <laughs> only one out of eight million people. It's amazing. Well, thanks so much for being a part of this time with me here. Thank you so much, All Davis. Right. Appreciate it. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's a wrap on another episode of Basecamp Live. Guys, we know it is not easy raising the next generation. This idea of ancient future education, it's so valuable. It's so important. We're all excited about it. We'd love to hear about you, and we want to help support you in what you're doing. So find us, tweet us, at Basecamp Live. If you're on Instagram, look for us there. Send us an email, info at BasecampLive.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us help you carry the load along this journey and encourage us as we go through this journey as well. Thank you so much.